This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 80% of the thoughts that we have are repetitive. Yesterday's home run doesn't win today's game. Time in erodes awareness of dreams. I believe dreams and callings are more directional. What is my one thing that I can do to be better? I write something worth reading or do something worth writing. The windshield's always bigger than the rearview mirror. The best, though, has absolutely nothing to do with us. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling, And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Today, we have a challenge to good couples, and we're having a conversation with Donnie Willis. And Donnie Willis is a pastor of Westchester Church in New York. He's also an adjunct professor at Texas Bible College and an author of a really cool book that he's going to share with us today. We won't give the title to you right now because it'll give away some of his story, but the story is pretty incredible. You definitely want to tune in. So welcome to the podcast. We're super happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I've, I've really looked forward to this podcast. You know, I told my wife that I was coming on y'all's podcast whenever I got your invitation and she like started busting Aww. with joy. She's like, oh, I know who they are. They're Aww. awesome. <laughs> so I've been listening to you guys lately and well Aww. done, guys. Thank y'all are you amazing. so much. Oh. Well, we're honored to have you on we and are. we are excited about this challenge that you're going to give to good couples Um, Because we serve a lot of good couples. We do. We do. And I think, well, I'm sure you're going to get there, but I think a lot of people are trapped in good, aren't they? They really are. And, you know, sometimes we can be like, okay, well, today was good and I'm happy with it, especially whenever you kind of get into the everyday Mm. cycle and the routine. Okay, I've got my cycle. I've got my rut that I'm living in. Um, And, you you know, I, I did some research on... Uh, this a while yeah. back and 80% of the of the thoughts that we have are repetitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we constantly get stuck in the same mindset and the same thing and finding that extra 20% can be yeah. difficult. But that's where you really bust out and the way that I have found to kind of get out of that good cycle is to is is a question that I ask myself every day. What what's one thing I can do today to make mm-hmm. it better? I want to be better. And one of my favorite quotes is actually Babe Ruth. Um, he said that yesterday's home run doesn't win today's mm. game. Yes. And it's like, yesterday was good. Okay, my relationship was good yesterday. My marriage was good yesterday. Okay, that was good for yesterday. The trip that we took yesterday was great. The The dinner we had last weekend mm. was great. But what about That's today? What, what, do, what do we have for today? What are we going to do today to have right. a better marriage? What am I going to do intentionally today to be a better dad, to be a better mom? Because if we're not being intentional about it, um, time in erodes awareness of Mm. 
And the longer we're in, you know, Ashley and I have been married for mm-hmm. 11 years and we can kind of get into some cycle mm-hmm. of things. And every once in a while, you just need to kind of hit the pause button and say, okay, what am I doing to, to be better? Mm-hmm. What podcast am I listening to? Mm-hmm. What book am I reading? Who am I talking to? Yes. Or are the people who I'm talking to, are they trying to be mm-hmm. better or are they stuck in a cycle too? And is this really the voice that I need in my totally. life right now? So good. So much yeah. wisdom right there. Yes. So I, I kind of want to like, I know that there's always a um, kind of a story to, to this wisdom, right? Like <laughs> you probably didn't start here or maybe you did. Maybe you had an, like an amazing childhood and wise beyond your years and had gray hair at like 10. But maybe, um, maybe start with like, what is your story to being passionate about helping couples or helping people live with that sort of intention? Yeah. So uh, just kind of a background here. I pastor in New York. We've been pastor here for four years now. Um, before that, I was an assistant pastor for a couple of years and, in a, and a youth pastor. Hmm. And I, I, I've said often the greatest thing that God ever created is mm-hmm. people. The most interesting thing that God ever created was people. <laughs> uh, the, the best and the worst thing God ever created was people. Uh-huh. It, and, you know, we should always want to be one step better than yesterday. And, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed. Um, growing up, I had two wonderful parents, my mom and my dad. You know, I watched my dad every day. Uh, my dad worked two jobs growing up. He, he ran a paper route mm-hmm. at night and then he was an accountant mm-hmm. during the day. Um, my mom was a school teacher um, and they just really modeled a life of consistency. Mm-hmm. There was just a consistency in them. And so really I got a front row seat into a relationship that was consistent mm-hmm. and it's, it wasn't a lot of flash in mm-hmm. the pan. It wasn't just this, um, this big, uh, it wasn't just like a, I, 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 I don't know, like a big party sure. all the time or anything mm-hmm. like that. They were just completely mm-hmm. consistent. And that was probably one of the biggest influences yeah. on my life. Um, it's like not every day's like the best mm-hmm. day ever. And not every day is the worst day ever. There's a lot of days that are just right. lived. And that gave you a sense of But it's of how safety. we handle those days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And a sense of yeah. courage to be able to tackle mm. new things and to be able to focus on some yeah. new things. Um without that, um, that confidence of, of a model to be able to have, ha- that really shows that consistency was a, a, the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with mm-hmm. one step. Mm-hmm. You take one step and then you take yeah. another step and you just take, and you consistently step. Yeah. And you, and it's that mindset whenever we moved to New York and we began pastoring this wonderful yeah. church that, um, it was like, okay, at the beginning it was sure. rough. It was very, very rough, but we knew our desired Mm -hmm. outcome. Our desired outcome was to plant churches in the New York metro area. That was what we wanted to do. That's what we felt like we were Mm -hmm. called to do. And that was our destination to be able to do that. But along the way, I kind of look at look at look at it kind of like mm-hmm. a highway, a seventeen lane okay. highway, and you're weaving from <laughs> in from one lane to the next, to trying yeah. to just figure out what yes. works. Like because you can't just pick one lane and say, "Oh, this is the lane right. I'm staying in," because eventually there's going to be traffic in that lane. There'll be something in that lane that mm-hmm. kind of Spoken stops like you. A New so Yorker. you switch lane, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and honking your horn in that I lane. Use my yeah. Horn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I felt so bad. So I was sitting. Uh, this weekend, I was sitting behind this car. It was a red light. They were not paying attention. Probably texting on their phone. I like, boom, boom, uh-huh. honk, 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 honk. and then I look up and it was like someone from like Pennsylvania or something. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. That's great. <laughs> you just, yeah, you just realized that you were a jerk in that moment, right? Like, <laughs> yes, yes. I was definitely that New York jerk. Because to another New Yorker, that's just life, right? To someone else going, hey, yeah, that's, what? That's life. <laughs> It's like, why are you hooking the horn? You were a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So a question though about staying in the lane, right? So you gave this metaphor of the 17 lane freeway and how you can't just stay in in the one lane just because you picked it. I wonder if you see this as a pastor, I'm kind of speaking from some counseling experiences here, but are there those couples or those individuals that do stay in that lane because it's so safe, because they grew up 
modeled by this safety or they grew up without that sense of safety. So then they cling to safety. Um, do you see that kind of playing out in, in some of the people that you counsel? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause it kind of goes back to that rut that we can get in. We stay in this rut. We're okay here. It's safe. We, 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 it's very predictable. Mm -hmm. But the thing with trying to keep everything predictable is we forget that everything changes. We are constantly in a world of change. Um, me and Ashley were talking about this last night um, in prep for this, for this podcast. And we were talking about how I am not the same man that she married 11 yeah, years thank ago. God. And she is not the <laughs> right. same woman that I yeah. married 11 right. years ago. We're both so much yeah. changed. I mean, I, I, I wasn't a dad right. 11 years ago. I wasn't a pastor right. yet. And those two things alone have completely yeah. changed me. Her, her, her psyche mm -hmm. wasn't the same 11 mm -hmm. years ago. Her body yeah. wasn't yeah. the same 11 years ago. There's a lot of things that's changed. So if we try to stay in the same mindset, then it, our world is going to, reality is going to hit mm -hmm. us in the face fast. So we have to constantly, um, I, I, you, for those of you listening on this podcast, you you won't be able to see it, but above my head is the mm -hmm. word yes. better. Um, Tell us about that. that. That's something that... Our, <laughs> That's something our church gave us. So 2019, our theme was okay. better, a church that makes life better. But I used it so much. And then all this butter stuff happened after that thing was said that it just kind of became a running joke at our church. Oh, the church that makes life better. The pastor that tries to make everybody better. <laughs> so wait, wait, and give us the story. Like what's the, like the book, You people also can't see the book cover. So kind of tell us that story because that's, that's definitely interesting. Yes. So, all right. So they, there's a, there's a family in our church and she was the uh, executive director for the Macy's Thanksgiving oh, Day wow. Parade. Okay. Wow. Um, and so just great people, great friends. And I, I have another friend who doesn't live in New York who kind of figured out this connection. I was like, Donnie, I always wanted to be the parade. I always wanted to be the sticker butter. Can you make that happen for me? <laughs> I was like, you know, I'll ask. I don't, I don't mind asking. Sure. So I, you know, I go up and I'm like, Hey, I got a friend. Feel free to say no. It's okay to say no, please say no. Um, but she wants to be in the parade specifically a stick of butter. And, the, and, and uh, Susan, uh, executive director, she goes, Oh, that's great. And you can be a wither. And I was like, no, absolutely not oh yeah she's like oh yeah it's the only way it works you do it too That's <laughs> so i'm like dressed up as this stick of butter and i'm telling my wife like do not post this on social media we're not telling people about this this is kind of a fly under the radar thing we're just gonna do it and and get no oh, no man. didn't happen it was that the way. complete opposite like, so the, like my perception looking from the outside like this guy completely owned it like <laughs> yes yes yeah because in the moment your adrenaline just starts flowing and and al roker was standing there and he was wanting this he was wanting to drop some butter puns <laughs> he and so because they had like it mapped out okay this the the breakfast group is going to be right around this spot and i he can drop some okay. butter lines and i didn't know about that and so he drops his lines and I just couldn't let him get one over on me. So I had to like throw in a couple myself and, and, and he was live uh -huh. at the moment. And then a little bit later on, uh -huh. so in, in New York city, the, um, the, 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 the avenue, the avenues run one way and the streets mm -hmm. run another way, but the avenues, they're running North and South. The streets yeah. are running East and West. Well, they had set up 15 to 20 yards of viewing area for people in the mm -hmm. streets. Well, I wanted to make sure that as many people got talked to as possible. Mm -hmm. So I would, I was running down the Avenue, but then I would cut it into the streets and I would talk to all those people okay. as well. Definitely adding on quite a bit to my yeah, run around. That's a cardio. And, did, um, yeah. Did you like work out <laughs> before this, like preparing to be better? Uh, no. <laughs> Like I've done some half marathons in the past, but since kids, you know, that's like yeah. another thing that's changed. I don't run anymore. Um, and even the no, you just run like within the house. Of this whole thing. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. All the time. 
run yeah, and pick yeah, up yeah. stuff exactly. all the time Squats. off the floor. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but the, like the costume actually goes below okay. your knees. So you can't bend your knees while you're in this thing. So it's constantly it's like a like, penguin. You're just waddling. Like all the way down. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so I was running into the streets, high-fiving people, talking to people. Well, that put me so far behind my group. And like rule number two, after rule number one of don't interact with the TV personalities, um, was don't get behind your group. <laughs> and so I am sprinting, trying to catch up to my group. And I run up on Al Roker again, no clue he's live. And so I just like dive into his live shot and start screaming at the TV and the, or at his cameraman. And then I just keep on running, um, trying to catch up with oh, my group. I'm, I'm around the corner. My wife is sitting there at that big green square. Okay. Um, they've got like her special seat right there, that big green square. She jumps out into the middle of the street, waving her arms going, Donnie, what did you do? <laughs> like, like I, I don't know, babe. What, what did I do? She's like, they're talking about you. We hear your voice. We have no idea. It's like, what you? I was like, I, mean, I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm not really sure what I did. I've done a lot of stuff. I'm going to have to be way oh, specific that is here. so good. And so I get back to our staging area and my cell phone had fallen. Um, I had it, I had it tucked in between the costume and my shoulder thing. Oh yeah, it'll stay there the whole parade. No, it, it fell down okay. my back and it's sitting in my lower back. Well, when everybody saw me on TV, like it started vibrating like crazy. So the whole parade like, this route, is I'm like <laughs> on my back, and I'm like, "People, leave me alone!" That's hilarious. And I found out I broke Twitter, broke the internet, and it, it was great. Awesome. Yeah, great. it was trending, Butterman, right? Like all over. So yes. people can actually see yes. the um, the Al Roker interview, uh, and we'll link that in the show notes as well. Yes. It's on your website. Right. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, That's ma'am. So That's great. Correct. So like so what opportunities fun. and maybe even how, what did you learn from this episode? Because mm-hmm. so interesting, like not everybody yeah. breaks the internet Yeah, being a stick of butter. You know, <laughs> you know um, whenever we, whenever we originally planned to move to New York, I'm going to backtrack yeah. on you timeline here. Whenever we originally wanted to move to New York, I was in college and it was around 2007, 2008. I felt like God had called me to New York. Um, and for the next 10 years, we never got mm-hmm. to New York. I was a youth pastor in a town of about 900 people. And then not I was a New youth York. pastor at like a church of 900 people. <laughs> yeah, not New York at all. Um, but I learned so much in those, those times about people and about how to love people. Cause whether you're in New York city or you're in Wisner, Louisiana, which is where that was town of 900, there's still mm-hmm. people and they're yes. amazing. And they're the greatest thing that God ever created. And if we like slow down, we open our eyes and we just see people mm-hmm. for who they are. It really, it, it doesn't matter yeah. where you're at. And there was so much that we learned through that. And, but in the back of my mind, I knew God called me to New York. God called me to New York. So we were going to run through the, we were, we, we filled out about 10 years Mm -hmm. later, we filled out all of the paperwork to do a Metro missions program. And so we were going to go through Metro missions. We were going to be a Metro missionary. All the stuff was filled out. We got all the approvals about a a couple months before we were going to start our deputation to raise funds. um, We get a call saying, Hey, church in Westchester County, which is just North of the city um, is what we we would like for you to come be Mm -hmm. our pastor. And, I was like, well, I've got Metro missions in my mind. This would definitely speed up our timeline by two wow. years. And, but we was like, you know what? This is the door yeah. God's open. We walk through the door okay. that God opens. You, it's like, you don't ask questions. God opens a door. It's because, because dreams, I believe dreams and callings are less, are more directional. Mm-hmm. And this is the direction God wanted us to go. And so we walk in that direction. And so we began to just walk in the direction think, oh, well, and I had in my mind, well, we're going to plant a church in New York City, but really we're going to pastor in Westchester. And so God got us in that direction. And if we would not have said yes to that, then the butter thing would have right. never happened. ladies in your church. Because we would yeah. be deputizing during COVID. Right. And so, and then there's been so many other things. And, and now we have been able to plant a church in Times Square. Wow. 
and we have a campus pastor there and they're doing a phenomenal job and it's our our daughter Mm -hmm. work. So it happened. It just didn't happen like I saw it happen. Yeah, it happened way better than you saw it happening and sooner than you saw it. Way better. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's so amazing too that that all of this has transpired in probably one of the most difficult places to have a church. Especially during COVID. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. New York City is a hard place to Mm -hmm. be seen because everybody's trying to be seen. So how does a small church be seen Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of this? And one of the scriptures that I have just had to, uh, you know, pre-kids, I was a massive planner. Everything was planned down to the detail. I I knew every detail of Mm -hmm. everything. But what New York has really taught me is one of my favorite Bible verses is is not by might Mm -hmm. nor by power, but it's by your spirit. And we have truly had to learn how to trust Mm -hmm. God. You know, it is one of the hardest yet most rewarding things that we've ever done. And that gets us kind of full circle, I think, back to that 17 lane highway of like, you know, God's calling you this direction, but you have to trust maybe which lane to get in to be effective and to get to your destination. Maybe you're not supposed Mm. to be in that slow lane. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) You're exactly right. You're exactly right. So what do you mean when you kind of related to that metaphor, when you say you believe that dreams and callings are more directional, Yeah. like as opposed to what else? We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So you know we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. It, we focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a Q&A and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, we have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right. Back to the interview. Uh, you mind if I use a Bible story? Please. please. We believe okay, in the so- Bible. <laughs> Uh, well that's a good thing that's a good thing (laughs) so abraham uh, god told abraham i want you to take your son your only son i want you to go up to this mountain i I want you to slay your son Mm, yeah that's what god told abraham Mm -hmm. this is where i want you to go this is what i want you to do yeah abraham was fully prepared to do that Mm -hmm. um he gets to a spot and it says that abraham said that he saw the place he saw the place that God wanted him to be. And so he goes to this place and he is about to do exactly what God told him to do. If he would have followed through with killing his son in that moment, he would have been doing exactly what God told him to do. Mm -hmm. But he was open enough to be able to listen to God to change directions on him. And so the way I kind of look at it is God will show you the place. He will show you where he wants you to get because Mm -hmm. he has a greater revelation um, for you than, than you could ever imagine. Mm. But if you're not willing to do the hard things in a singular direction where God can show you, then, then God can't reveal to you what he's really wanting to reveal to you. And so that's what I mean by it's really directional. That's so God's trying to get you in a direction to reveal something to you. Yeah. It's almost like God's creating capacity within you for the next place, but you're not going to have that capacity in the place that you are. So he gives you the direction. Faith is active trust. So you have to step out into that so that you can receive the things that God wants to give you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have to trust him mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he can ask some hard things, yeah. you know, packing up um, our family in Louisiana, everything was, everything was gravy. It was the biscuits and the gravy. Everything was good. We had, it wasn't butter, uh, 
<laughs> it wasn't butter. <laughs> we had, oh, this could go all day. <laughs> I know. I know. I shouldn't trigger this. <laughs> but we, so whenever we lived in Louisiana, we had, um, my parents were right there in the same town that we were assistant. Pat. We ended up there through a crazy string of events. Um, we, two of our kids were, were born at that time. We had, let's see, Claire was born in December. We moved in April. So we had like a four month old mm. moving 1300 miles away mm. <laughs> from any babysitter, anything oh, man. of normalcy. Yeah. And the first place we lived as a family, whenever we moved to New York was in a hotel room in Stanford, Connecticut, because that was all that we could afford. And they had a gap under the door about this big. <laughs> and we've got like a, uh, I think at the time is like five month old oh, and, and a two year old. We're living in this hotel room. We're pumped up because it's got a pool, Aww. but it's like, it, it was this. like, all right, God, you called us to this. Yeah. We sold our house in Louisiana. We've given literally everything yeah. for this. What 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 are we doing here? Yeah. How long did you live in the hotel room? Oh, it was a couple months. Okay. Wow. It was probably four or five months. Mm. And it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, we we learned we learned a lot about each other. We learned about things about our marriage that yeah. we didn't oh, know I before. Bet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and then whenever we moved, whenever we finally moved into a house, our house, Ashley found out that she was pregnant. And so just moved to New York. We got a four month, or a little bit older than four month old then, but, and then we've got a, oh, a new baby man. on the way. Wow. So, it was crazy. Goodness. Yeah. Everything that in and of crazy. itself is a lot to handle. And then you, you know, layer that with, oh, and God's yes. calling us to pastor at church right now with these no. three little kids. <laughs> so looking back, um, we've kind of talked about like trusting God. I've heard you mention mindset a couple of times, maybe elaborate on that, but what other things do you think are essential for couples to go from that good place because maybe you guys had a good other places. Um, there's a journey from good to great. Yeah. How like kind of spell some of those things out. What, what mindsets did you have to adopt or, and, and what does even that mean to you? Yeah. Sure. Number one, you have to be able to trust each other deeper. I think trust is such a big thing. Like right now, um, right now, Ashley is at, She's a school. She's the principal of a private school here in New York. Okay. Um, which means that, and, and especially during the age of COVID, that makes her job way crazy. Yeah. And so, just being able to have uh, just that trust with each other, mm-hmm. because sometimes our paths just whoop, just sure. zip right by each other. Everything is just so fast and so moving. I love the intro to you, you guys podcast where y'all talk about your living busy lives. Mm-hmm. And that is us. We, we live so busy of lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that, that, that going from a good couple to a great couple, you don't, don't, I, here's the advice I guess that I would give. Don't worry about being great. Just be worry about being better than you were yesterday. Love Just that. be one, one step better. Um, whenever I go to bed every night, I've got one question that matters to me. Mm-hmm. One question that matters. If I can say yes to this question, I lay my head down, I go to sleep, everything's good in my world. And is does my wife know that I love her? If I say yes to that, everything is okay. That's good. It doesn't really matter mm-hmm. because what I know, what I know is that there will be a day where Westchester Church won't need me anymore. Mm-hmm. They will want a younger pastor. They will want somebody else. They want to put me out to pasture mm-hmm. and, and that's okay with me. Sure. Yeah. And what I also know is that my kids will one day become independent and they won't need me anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be right there with Ashley mm-hmm. every day. That's good. That's going yeah. to be the one I'm with. 
Yeah. Like I, like I told my kids before, like whenever one of them was kind of spouting off and it got a, got a little wordy with me, I said, you know, there's only one person in this vehicle that I actually chose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. Uh, that's perfect. <laughs> no, that's a good mindset though, because um, I think especially for good couples and couples in ministry, mm-hmm. couples who are doing the Lord's work, they can get so caught up with calling that yes. they forget about their number one calling, which is their Absolutely. marriage and then their family. Yes, yes, I completely agree with that. You know, and and really everyone has to kind of ask themselves the question, what is my one thing that I can do to be better? Um, I want to be, like, I'm, I'm going to give an example here. I want to be a better husband. I am not satisfied with my level of husbandry or whatever, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at as a husband. Um, But then, well, you got three kids and life's good and y'all both got great jobs and God's blessing. What can you not be satisfied with? And it's like, well, I know that the person that Ashley's married to today is not the person she was married to yesterday. And so I've got to be better. What? And her wants and her needs are constantly changing Mm -hmm. because we're at different stages of life. Mm -hmm. So I have to be able to open my eyes and see her. I've got to be able to see her. I pay pay attention. Mm -hmm. What what time does she wake up in the mornings? Why does she wake up at that time in the morning? What does she need before she walks out of that door? Mm -hmm. She's got a lot of stress because she's got a bunch of meetings, which means that this morning, I'm going to make sure that I'm the one getting the kids up. I'm the one feeding the kids. I'm the one taking care of so she can have her mind sharp oh. for whenever she walks into that so school. So it's being more mindful of your spouse's needs. Exactly. And what is the, the mm-hmm. What's the practical thing that I can do today? And it's not like some big um, philosophical thing. It's a lot of times it's just the little practical things that yes. we can do that, that makes the other person better. Mm-hmm. Um, if yes. I can make her day better, then then I win. Oh, that's that's awesome. perfect. <laughs> I, I was uh, giving this example just the other day to to a person I was working with um, that you know some people have in their head like this ideal, you know, like if I could be a husband of you know caliber, you know, like one hundred, right? And I'm like, well, find where you are and how, and you're saying like, be just a little bit better. I kind of give the example, like if you want to be 10 and you're at a three, can you be a four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what does four look like? And maybe that's, that's right. a little thing that maybe it, it is just this, you know, just picking up after the kids or waking yeah. up a little bit ahead of time and yeah. making your wife's life. But that's yeah. helping you too mm-hmm. to become better. Yeah. Yeah. But that's Absolutely. just a few little actions is not this monumental shift all at once, right? but those little things right. build up into a, you're different. Yeah. yeah. And it's sometimes just looking and asking the question and not assuming anything, just asking the question, Hey, what do you need? How are you? Mm-hmm. And what do you need? What can I do for you? How can I serve you? Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're the most important person in my life. Yes. You know, like one of the things that, you know, this, this is relative to us, but I'm sure someone can apply it is, you know, my wife teaches it. God opened up such an incredible door for my kids and to, to go to a school. We were worried about the whole schooling thing. We found a, um, there was a Christian school randomly about five minutes from our house, which was a total God thing. Because uh, this is New York, right? <laughs> and, uh, and five minutes away—that's that's incredible. Yeah. This isn't like small town five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. And and so Ashley takes our oldest one whenever he was going into preschool to the 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 parent orientation night. Principal gets up and says, "Hey, we need y'all to pray with us. Our fifth grade teacher is leaving. We need a fifth grade teacher." Mm-hmm. Well, Ashley was qualified to teach fifth grade, but we had already had the conversation. You're not. She's not going back to work mm-hmm. because she won't. Because we've got church stuff. We got kids stuff. We're just not putting any more big stakes on the plate. Mm-hmm. Just not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. <laughs> and then she comes to you. <laughs> she comes to me and says, hey, Donnie, they need a fifth grade teacher. And I'm like, what did we just talk about? <laughs> and 
and it's like, you know what? Do you want to? Mm. And I was like, I was like, I know what our plan was, but do you want to? Mm. And she mm. kind of got that look in her eye, and I was like, then do it. Mm. If you want to do it, do it. Yeah. And and the interesting part at that point was, you know, our two youngest ones. We had two kids, uh, or or whenever she went back, um, Elliot was born at the time, which was our youngest, and so. <laughs> a two-year-old and a one-year-old oh yeah and so i was daddy daycare at that time (laughs) and that was hard oh that was hard but i wanted to make sure that she i knew that that season wasn't going to last forever yeah and i wanted to make sure that she was a she followed me 1300 miles to pastor church Mm. i wanted to make sure that her lot that she could do what she wanted to do Mm. and 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 she threw herself in she was a great fifth grade teacher and then I think it was like a year, year and a half later, she's now the principal of that same exact school. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and God really, has just really given her favor. So it's really amazing to me that you had the flexibility. Yeah. It, I think it would have been really easy. That's our plan. We talked about it to just shut it down instead of giving her the option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 17 yeah. lanes. That's, there you go. Well, I, exactly. <laughs> I, I see you're living by that analogy. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't even know in my situation, if I would have like... Then had enough forethought to be like, okay, step back and say, you know, what do you want to do and not call the shot there? Yeah. Because you'd already and, talked about it, you know? Yeah. It was, yeah. Your, your plan you know, was set. We, and it goes back to that trust thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to trust you to make a good decision. I'm going to trust you to make a decision that's going to benefit our family. I, and, yeah. and yeah, we talk about it and we, and now like she, I'm actually the Bible teacher for this, for this Christian school. <laughs> That's so cool. Like what God has done is mm. just. So it's like an outreach tool as well. And you're discipling absolutely. your own children. You're discipling <laughs> yes. other people's children. Yes. That's so neat. And you know, whenever I step into that, that school though, I realize I'm, I'm not her husband. She's my boss. <laughs> 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 and, and it's fun though, but yeah. I respect her in that way. Sure. And I think, I mean, we, we uh, sometimes we talk about, oh, well, the man needs to be respected or whatever. Well, you know, the, your wife does too. Yes, yes. She definitely needs to be respected because mm-hmm. she brings a lot to the table. She has good opinions. She has good thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we just need to like, you know what? I guess the two big questions that sometimes we'll just stop and we'll just ask each other is number one, how are you? Mm-hmm. Really? Really, yeah. And then number two, what, what can I do for you? Love that. And yeah. we ask, and, and every once in a while when things just start to get crazy, we'll both stop and say, well, how are you mm-hmm. really? And, and what, what can I do for you? And that has yeah. been a game changer for us. Yes. Such good practical advice. That is. It really is. So you actually wrote uh, a book that kind of summarizes a bunch of these concepts we've been talking about. What prompted you to start this book, to start writing this book? (laughs) Well, after the butter thing all happened, I was at a conference in Connecticut. A lady walks up. She had been following the story. Uh And she goes, have you ever thought about writing a book? My immediate my immediate response was yeah absolutely, <laughs> and <laughs> and so I went home and just and I had and I had really thought about writing a book before mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was going to be I think it was Benjamin Franklin that said uh, uh, write something worth reading or do something worth writing and um, and so I, I was like you know what maybe this is something worth writing about and so I just began to sit uh, two a.m. in the morning. From two to three, two to four a.m. in the morning, I'd just go into the office and just kind of hammer out thoughts, read everything I could get my hands on, do research, and really put the book together. Mm. And it just and it just came together really, really fast. I reached out to a couple of buddies, and one of them worked at Pentecostal Publishing House, which is our publisher, and sent them a manuscript, and they loved it. Mm. And they were like let's try to get, and this was like in September, October, like you think that we can have it ready to go by November. And it's like the Perfect. next, like, and, and they're like, yeah, we can, we can, we can fast track it. That's and so cool. they fast tracked wow. it and really got it out. So did it come um, out around like Thanksgiving day parade time? 
Uh, the pre-orders did, yes. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. And, so, and the book came out in January. So, okay. so for, 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 this would be for people um, or couples that are interested in getting better. Right? Absolutely. Or, or Absolutely. people just interested in getting better in their life. Tell us a little bit about like what it's about and who it's for. Yeah. The, the title of the book is Good Butter Best from Dream to Reality. Okay. Um, and basically I work, I work through what I call the growth cycle of a dream ah. from, from the, from a beginning thought, because we all have thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can, I think this, I think that, you know, I think I mentioned that um, in our thought life, uh, 80% of our thoughts are negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it's like 80% are, are, are repetitive. Mm-hmm. So it's finding the new positive thoughts and really taking that thought, which is your dream, taking that thought, put the, and figuring out how to make that actually become a reality mm-hmm. from thought to a reality. And, and I just kind of work my work through the book from the thought to a reality. And I use some of our stories and then stories from, from other people about how to do that. Mm-hmm. Very practical. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes we think, oh, it's a dream. Well, it's a, it's a thought you have in your head and you've just got to figure out how to put feet on that thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys had the thought, I'm going to start a podcast mm-hmm. and you made it happen. Yeah. And I'm sure that there have been a lot of times along the way where it's, uh, well, I'm not sure what to do here or what mm-hmm. do we do there? Or who do we ask about this? Yeah. And you just kind of plow through it. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's good. Some uh, uh, y'all's podcast is always good. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but in life, sometimes yeah. it's good. And sometimes it just needs to be tweaked. Yep. Sure. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you learn mm-hmm. and, and you just kind of learn your way through things mm-hmm. until it becomes a reality. So that's kind of what the book it, it, it highlights. Awesome. It so really good. just tries to take you from a thought to putting, to making something happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the things you can control, some of the things you can't control. Yeah. yeah. And what do you do whenever reality strikes and you feel like, man, I'm back at square one. The plan mm-hmm. that I had isn't the plan that I have. Yeah. It's like, what, how do you make halftime adjustments? Mm-hmm. Like, I've got this great plan. And, and, and throughout the book, I use a lot of stories and a lot of quotes and uh, some of my favorite dreamers. Um, in the book, awesome. but the best, sometimes I think that we have this idea of what best is mm. and the best though, has absolutely nothing to do with us. That's kind of where I try to end the book. It mm. doesn't have anything to do with you. Um, it's all about the idea becoming the reality. And I use examples such as Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. The dream wasn't about him. Mm-hmm. It was about his kids. It was about a future. I have a dream that my children. Yeah. And it was never about him. And he was willing to sacrifice for that dream to come to pass. Yeah. Um, whenever you think about uh, on a on a more of an entertainment uh, scale, uh, Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney actually died before Walt Disney World was ever even finished in. In Florida, oh, wow. but somebody said, "Hey, this dream is big enough for us to carry on, mm-hmm. whether the dreamer is here or not." Wow. Um, in the Bible, you've got Joseph. Joseph had this bloody coat, and they brought this bloody coat to to his father, and his father's weeping. The dreamer's dead. Oh mm-hmm. no, we've got this bloody coat here. But the it and. And I bring that back around the book. It's like, look, their life may have handed you a bloody coat every once in a while. But just because it's bloody doesn't mean that it's, that it's dead. Wow. And it's like, yeah. like John F. Kennedy, um, he, he desired to put a man on the moon, but he never saw it happen. But the dream was so great that everybody around him said, this has to happen. Mm. And I believe that God has given each of us an idea that can live beyond us. And whenever we have that idea, that's the one idea that we have got to pursue. And we have to make sure lives way beyond our name, way beyond any of our influence. And mm-hmm. I call it the hot potato. Um, <laughs> the puns, I wonder the where puns. that came from. <laughs> that oh, is the man. hot potato. 
Why the uh, hot potato? Uh, my grandfather. It uh, spreads better. Say, it spreads on hot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my my grandfather used to remind us all the time. And he like make sure you instead of saying don't let your head get big, he'd say that's a hot potato. Mm. You hold it just enough to for it to warm you up and to enjoy it, but you don't hold enough for it to to become you or to burn you. And it's or it's a moment in your life. It's not the totality of your life. Mm-hmm. I love this butter stuff. It's fun. It's yeah. exciting, but it's just a moment. Yeah, and that moment will pass, mm-hmm. and I won't be butter one day, and I'm okay with that because <laughs> it's just a moment. Sure. Yeah. But the relationships that I build off of it, yeah. the whatever the future is off of it, well, that's the, the feet you put on that butter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you capitalized on it, and you 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 practiced what you preached of like, okay, so we have this opportunity. We have maybe, there's already a dream established. Yeah. And now, ah, here's a doorway. Here's a direction. Let's go. Let's make this thing big. And because it's connected to something that's bigger than just you, people can jump in and say like, let's make this thing live. We're going to get right back to the episode, but we wanted to share something really quick with you. We have been married for almost 13 years and we have had the same dinnerware and silverware and glasses um, since we got married on from our registry. Yeah, so we have been looking around to buy some new dinnerware and um, then Lennox approached us to uh, share some stuff with you guys. Yeah, so we recently received their French Pearl Scallop uh, dinnerware, which is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous collection of... um, dinnerware that's crafted of porcelain and we also received their high quality crystal glasses. Yeah, I've been trying to get rid of our old glasses for a long time. Yes. <laughs> and so if you haven't upgraded your dinnerware since you got married and you've been married for a while or maybe you're newlyweds and you haven't completed your collection, we highly recommend Lennox. So you can go to lennox.com today to purchase and you can use our code DYMC to save 20% on your order. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's 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 legacy, really. Yeah, mm. yeah that's what I mean. Yes. Yeah, yes. and and that's what I mean. I think about my kids often. Uh, the, the steps of a or, or you know steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Yeah. But also, a good man leaves a legacy for his children's children. Yes. And it, I'm I I don't consider myself whenever Jesus told the the story of the of the talents. And like he gave one five, one three, one one. I've never considered myself to be like a five talent type guy, and I have no idea what God has or hasn't given me. Mm. But I don't really worry about that. Okay. I don't try to figure out. Well, I'm a one, or I'm a three, or I'm a five. I, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I know that God gave me something. Yes. He gave me an opportunity right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to make it whatever I can make it. Because whenever he comes back, I believe that God wants to know what did you produce with what I gave you, mm. and and I just want I want to make sure, and you know I, I said that the one question, it's really two questions. Whenever I go to bed at night, number one, um, does my wife know I love her? But number two is Jesus proud of me today, and that matters to me. Mm-hmm. And I know that may sound so simplistic, but when I lay my head down, it's like, is Jesus proud of what I did? Mm-hmm. Is Jesus excited about it. Did I give Jesus something today that he doesn't find using tomorrow? Mm, and yes. those things just kind of matter to me because I want to be better. Yes. I, I want to be a good steward of what God's doing. You know, one of the big things, uh, I think one of the reasons why um, that people don't fulfill their dreams, that they just kind of become a daydream is, is because of finances. Mm. Well, I don't have the money to do it or I'm too much in debt. I think that debt and finance is one of the biggest dream killers we have. Mm -hmm. I believe God has called a lot of people to do a lot of things, but because of money, they don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever we, um, whenever we moved to New York, we said, Hey, we're not moving to New York until we are completely 100% debt free. Mm -hmm. And so it was I think I was working three jobs at that time. Wow. My wife was working a job mm-hmm. and we called it the season of making money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love you, babe, but this is the season of making money uh-huh. right now. 
Yeah. I was like, I can do date night or I can, I can go work an extra job. I was like, <laughs> and I love the date night, but if we're going to get to where we believe God's called us to be, we have to know the season that we're in. Mm, yeah. And now the greatest date night in the world is a trip to the basement with, with, with a, with, with a chocolate bar. <laughs> like, right, just need to escape the kids, head down to the basement. Like, I'll meet you there in 30 minutes. You bring the chocolate, I'll bring the popcorn. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> but well, I bet you're yeah. in a very different season of your life now. Your wife is a principal, you're yes. a pastor, you have probably your life in a much different place. And now it's probably so incredibly energizing to see like, look at what God's done with us. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. And now I'm probably, you're probably like dreaming bigger dreams now. We are, we mm-hmm. are. And I, I love that. Um, you know, one of the things that I try to remember is that the windshield's always bigger than the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so thankful for everything God's done. I'm thankful for it. Now, I, I I agree. You guys stop and you guys celebrate. And whenever we celebrate, we celebrate big. Like we just got, we just, ever since this church was, was born uh, that I'm pastor in Westchester, it has always rented from another church. Mm. It's always like done odd hours at all times. Okay. Well, we just rented our own location mm-hmm. or at yes. least our own location. We have our own building and That's it's, awesome. uh, we have church whenever we want to. We have <laughs> church on Sunday mornings. It's like, nice. <laughs> it's like we've never done that before. Aww. And so we're going to celebrate wow. so big, but I also don't want to get stuck in celebration mode or thankful mm-hmm. for what God's done. And I am very thankful yeah. that I don't lose focus that there's definitely more to do. Mm-hmm. We've got more to do. You know, Nick yes. Saban, who has won like seven national titles with the University of Alabama and LSU. He did one win one at LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he he was asked recently, when does the next season start for you after the national championship game? Mm-hmm. And he said, when I get back to the locker room. Wow. He said, because I'm trying to keep stu- student athletes here at Alabama. I'm trying to, because he said, because I know that whenever they walk out of that locker room, there's going to be people from, there's going to be agents and NFL mm-hmm. people wanting to talk to them. And I need to get to them first and say, hey, don't leave this locker room until you talk to me. Mm-hmm. And so, because we've got to talk about your future. We've got to talk about the future of the program. We got to see where you're at. Yeah. So, so it starts whenever, whenever I walk back into that locker room. Mm-hmm. And so it never stops. And, and, and that's kind of how I view marriage too. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm grateful for all the wins of the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm grateful for the great trip that we had a couple of weeks ago to Boston. Yeah. I'm, great, I'm grateful for all of those things. But I have to know what do I need to do today Yeah. Yeah. to make so, sure yeah. that it's not only sustained, but it's, but it's, it's butter. Yeah. And, and yes. you're, you're just saying like, don't let success stop you or define you. Kind well, of don't thing. live on nostalgia. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. nostalgia is cool, right? You can you can kind of reminisce yeah. and enjoy those moments. It can lead to more connection in your marriage. But if that's all you have, then it just yeah. produces a lot of security and safety, and not not so much uh, adventure and risk yeah. and growth. Yeah. Absolutely, and life is one big adventure. Yeah, I, if I'm gonna if the the and and not to get morbid here. And I use my hands a lot when I talk around the podcast. You can't see it, but like my hands are all over the place. Um, not to get all morbid here, but but whenever whenever I die, mm-hmm. I want my elbows to be skin up, and I want mm-hmm. my knees to be skin up, and I want bruises on my face, and I I just want to know that I went down to the to to the grave, gave it every single thing that I have. Mm-hmm. If I if I if I gain everything, that's awesome. If I lose everything, <laughs> that's awesome. But I promise you, I'm gonna give it everything that I got 110% mm-hmm. and and every day. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean I only get in the grand scheme of life, I only get a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. I only get a little bit of time to make a big impact. Mm-hmm. And and I, I can't do that if um if I'm being lazy, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, I can't be a lazy dad. Mm-hmm. I can't be, um, I can't be a lazy husband. Yeah. I've got to give my family every, I love the fact that whenever I come home, there's a great chance that I'm going to see little eyeballs peeking up at the door. Like, Oh, daddy's home. Come on. <laughs> daddy's home. Cause whenever I walk through that door 
It's like, I want to jump on you, daddy. I want to wrestle with you, daddy. Let's go. Yeah. And like my wife's like got them all tamed down and calm and everything. And, and I get them all right. a party, party all over again. Yes. That's so good. That's so good. Man, I love all the, the nuggets of wisdom and yeah. thoughts and mindset that you've shared. Um, we always like to ask for the listeners um, for maybe their personal growth or even, well, let's start there. What would you suggest as resources? Um, I know you mentioned your book. And we'll link and that as well in the show. Where notes. could people find that? Sure. Um, the best place to find it is just on my website, which is DonnieWillis.com. That's D-O-N-N-Y-W-I-L-L-I-S.com. And that's probably the best place. You can find the ebook there, links to Amazon, all that other good stuff. Perfect. But, um, but yeah, that's probably the best way, place to do good. it. Okay, send people there. Yes. What else, yes. Uh, what other books would you help or maybe have helped you? Because this is a cultivated thing. I could tell that you've learned and you've worked on yourself. What other books have been maybe monumental in your own um, development? Yeah. So the number one book that I would recommend is a book called The One Thing. Mm. The One Thing by a guy named Keller. And it is phenomenal. It's a book that I've read multiple times. I absolutely love that book. And then secondly... um, is is a book entitled Leadership, mm-hmm. Leadership by John Maxwell. Yeah, those are the two books that have really just kind of impacted me, showed me the importance of of, of change, mm-hmm. uh, the importance of being able to stay flexible. Mm-hmm. Uh, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. <laughs> so just stay flexible. <laughs> Was that Matthew chapter? <laughs> Donnie chapter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Good. Okay, so we'll link I those two it. books. Bless Can I give one more recommendation? Yeah, please. It's Not About Me by Max Licato. Okay. Mm. It's Not About Me. It's it's a book that has really, it, it found great influence in my life. Um, at a young age, probably the two books that probably, and, and I said one more and I'm like, keep shoveling them out here. Please, we like um, going. But The the Greatest Salesman, mm. uh, I like that one too. The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino. That was the, whenever I told my pastor, hey, I want to be a preacher. What in the world was I thinking? But he said, um, the great, he's, and he, he pulls the shelf, book off the shelf and he said, this is the first book you need to read on your journey. And it was the greatest salesman in the world. Wow. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. It, it really, um, it really opened my eyes to some things, helped me to uh, see life a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And um because because at the end of the day, you know, as a pastor, uh, it's it's uh, I love the acronym joy, Jesus, others, you mm. and um, Jesus. Jesus loves people. Mm-hmm. He cares about people. And that is what I want my heartbeat to be. I just want to lo- I want to love people. I, some days I don't know what that looks like. I forget how many, I think it's like 34, 35 times in the, in the gospels. It says, and Jesus saw, Jesus saw the multitude. Jesus saw the crowd. Jesus saw the person. Mm -hmm. He was able to, to, to stop what he was doing and be able to see people where they were at. Mm -hmm. That's good. And I think that that is probably one of the best things that we can do in our marriage. And if there was like one thing that I could tell Mm -hmm. people, it was stop and stop and just kind of assess where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Where are we right now, and what do we need to do to be better? Because everybody's a little bit different on their journey in marriage and in children and all kinds of stuff like like that. And there's some real issues in our world right now, and marriages have real issues. And if we're not being so stinking honest with ourselves and where we are at, we're doing, we're doing everybody around us a disservice. Yeah. And it's like, be able to stop and say, you know what? Yeah. There is a major issue right here in our marriage. Yeah. There's this sacred cow that we've kind of been dancing around mm-hmm. and we're scared half to death to go near it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's what I love about you guys podcast is because y'all will tackle anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's our, that's our intention. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not just, oh, well, she 
moves the dishes from the right and I move it from the left or whatever. Mm. It's not that. There, there's some massive issues that people are going through, yeah. real life stuff, mm-hmm. just things that cause people to get on anxiety medication, right. yeah. things that cause people to lose sleep, heart mm-hmm. failures at an all-time high right now. Mm-hmm. Marriages are in trouble yes. right now. And if we don't ever get honest with ourselves and say, this is where our relationship is right now, mm-hmm. we are doing everybody a disservice. Right. And, and so we, what is the, so I guess the question that all of us should ask, or, or I would recommend asking is, uh, where am I at and what do I need to do to be better? Yes. So good. Love that. Love it. So. Well, we're going to close out the podcast the way we close out all of our episodes. And that's by asking you, rewind back to the first couple of years of your marriage. You've been married 11 years. I think you're yes. almost like let out, cat out of the bag of that like amazing piece. <laughs> it was like that. I know. I'm like on that note. Yeah. Um, so think of something else now to say. Yeah. <laughs> writing a letter to young married couples. Um, fill in the blank with the advice you wish you would have received. Dear young married couple. All right. Dear young married couple. Hi, my name is Donnie Willis, and this is completely off the cuff. (laughs) But whenever I, whenever Ashley and I first got married, I was very uptight. I was an uptight person. I felt like I had to control every outcome. And I just, I, and that was terrible for my marriage, and I didn't know it. It wasn't until I made a terrible decision to call one of my wife's friends to see if they could help straighten her out that I realized that that was a terrible decision. Whenever (laughs) she pulled me inside and was like, don't ever do that again. I will work through this emotion. It will be okay. Mm -hmm. And so my advice to you is just stay flexible. Mm -hmm. And whenever things change, um, whenever situations change, be there for each other. Mm-hmm. Roll with it. Roll with the punches mm-hmm. and just be flexible. That's the greatest gift that you can give your spouse and, and just trust them. Yeah. Let you just trust, be flexible. And that's some of the greatest, greatest love you can give them. Mm-hmm. So they, they deserve to be trusted. Yes. They, they deserve to be trusted mm-hmm. you, you know, to, to the young men out there. Um, trust them with the things that you're struggling with. Uh, yeah, I was a young, I was a youth pastor for a couple of years and I know some of the issues that young men struggle with. Right. And, and I've seen that mm-hmm. and, um, and you guys can feel free to edit this out. If, no, if go you for like. it. This it's is good. good. It's go like, ahead. it's like one of the biggest issues with young men out there and, and, you know, just to kind of keep it very, very real with you guys is dealing with pornography. Right. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, uh, and so if you're getting married and if you're battling with that, mm-hmm. you need to be open and honest with her about yes. it. Mm-hmm. And you cannot fight that by yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need her, you need her with you to fight that. Mm-hmm. And to the, um, to the young lady who just got that bombshell dropped on you, you need to, you need to realize that he was fi- fighting with that way before you came into the picture. Mm-hmm. And that he needs your help. He doesn't really need the condemnation that can bring that can bring with it. Yeah. And so that's something that y'all have to work with. It's nothing personal on you, even though you know, even though you take it personal, and mm-hmm. and it's totally natural for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's definitely something that uh, y'all can work through together. Mm-hmm. If if you if you learn to number one hate it, mm-hmm. hate the hate that thing, and then number two trust each other to. Uh, to work through it together and if you can work through it uh, your marriage will be better and so i would say be flexible and be completely honest about whatever you're going through Mm -hmm. and trust that that other person is there to help you and uh, find podcasts and books and whatever you got to do to uh to to win because you want a good marriage and so that is uh that's the advice I guess oh, I would that's give. Good. That's good. <laughs> I sure hope I didn't will. go off into a place that I shouldn't have gone. Not I apologize that's, if I did. Hey, you're being real. And that's where a lot of people <laughs> are struggling. That's where a lot of people are right now. That's where they live. And they're like thinking, oh, I want our marriage to be better. But then they're stuck in this place. And pornography is a big culprit. And so thank you for sharing that piece of advice. Trust it from a, a person that has 
lots of experience with becoming better and dealing with young people and a pastor and people, that, a person that loves people. So, exactly. man, it's really a pleasure to to talk to you and um, hear your heartbeat. And thank you for sharing with our audience. Like, there's so many good things for people to latch on to and work on. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. So, thank well, you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. This was a lot of fun. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.